I'm Lindsay Jones, national NFL reporter from The Athletic, and we're here with Greg Amon from The Athletic Tampa Bay to talk about probably the biggest news of free agency, and that's that Tom Brady is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So uh, thanks for joining us, Greg. Let's just get right into this. And, you know, what's your initial reaction to the news that Tom Brady is going to be coming to Tampa Bay? It has to be surprise. I mean, I think the last two months have been this gradual uh transition from impossible like yeah no sorry tom brady's not coming to tampa uh to week by week kind of a little bit more this could really happen and then maybe two and a half weeks ago we kind of bunkered down and wrote a whole lot about why it might make sense but even then it was kind of cautioned as like it's still unlikely to happen and, and really for me it wasn't until this morning when they put out the announcement that he wasn't gonna be back with the patriots that that was the single biggest obstacle is just the idea that they were out in front and center ownership talking about it brady thanking the fans he's not coming back to to new england and that's when you said wow now it's just a matter of them just kind of winning a, a quick sprint with you know chargers or whoever else might try and jump into the fray so yeah it, it's wild and it's you know a franchise changing moment here for them in tampa bay well, let's get into the timeline a little bit. Um, I remember, you know, Bruce Arians at the Combine made it pretty clear without saying it directly that, you know, he was interested in in basically all of their veteran quarterback options. But if Tom Brady called, he would listen. What was it about maybe that mid mid to late February um, part of the timeline that really kind of piqued your interest in saying, okay, this is something that might potentially happen? Yeah, there had kind of been passing references. I think the Globe had something at one point that called the Bucks like a sleeping giant for the the Brady sweepstakes. And there were a couple other things. I think Peter King had made a reference. And, and then, I mean, Combine, like you said, Combine was the first time where uh, we asked, they, they have like 15 minutes on the podium, and then we usually get the head coach on the side with, with other beat writers. And, and he was just asked very pointedly. I mean, we were surprised at first how much uh, the Bucks had continued to kind of publicly dog Jameis Winston and say that he was an unknown quantity. Um, not the kind of thing you usually talk about somebody that's a viable option moving forward. So we had asked Bruce Arians, and this is on the record, there's cameras around him, and said, what, what would be an example of a, a quarterback that you'd pick up the phone for in free agency? Why you'd wait and not put a transition tag or a franchise tag on Jameis Winston? And he just said Tom Brady, which is probably some level of tampering, I guess. But uh, he, he was very plain about it. He just said Tom Brady. I mean, I think at that point he, he referenced maybe Philip Rivers as another guy, he said. But, but this has always been about Tom Brady. This has always been kind of eyes on the prize. Jason Light, the GM here, had six years with Tom in two different stints in New England, won Super Bowls with him. Uh, so there's a familiarity there. I mean, it's kind of like a little bit like how Arians got here, that Jason Light has time with them, has a relationship with them, and that kind of gets you in the door. And then once you do that, you can sell them on, hey, two Pro Bowl receivers and an offense that, you know, put up a crazy amount of yards, but didn't necessarily have the, the success in the in standing that you want. So from a purely like X's and O's schematic sense, it doesn't seem like the most natural fit in terms of, you know, what Tom Brady does best and what his offense has looked like forever in New England and what Bruce Arians, you know, historically has done. How do you see these two guys working together and what this offense might look like in 2020? Yeah, it'll be neat to see how much Arians changes what he is. Because, I mean, he's very much, and Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, is kind of an extension. But he's very much, I mean, we hear about no risk at no biscuit. 
Um, it, it's taking shots downfield. It's using the downfield passing game probably more than than most coordinators would. Um, and Brady's a more careful quarterback. So, I mean, you're, you're going from a guy who threw 30 interceptions, as many as anybody in the NFL in any season since 1988, to Tom Brady as a guy that, that threw two interceptions in an entire season. How that changes things, how they protect Tom Brady as a guy who's 42 years old and will be 43 when the season starts, that's going to be the challenge of the next six months is, is tweaking this offense uh, to the strengths and weaknesses of, of a veteran quarterback who's a different passer than Jameis Winston has been. What do you think this relationship is going to be like between um, Arians and Brady? I mean, you know, it's, it seems to be like, you know, that Arians could not be more different than Bill Belichick personality-wise. <laughs> right. What? How do you yeah. see this partnership working? And then I guess the offshoot of that is what's going to be Byron Leftwich's role um, in all of this, given that he you know, is the play caller there in Tampa? Right. And, and Leftwich, I mean, Leftwich is younger than Tom Brady. That's what's crazy here. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, again, there's probably a lot of coaches over the end Tom Brady right now, but you know, I do think left, which is kind of the go-between. I mean, you know, Bruce Arians is, is 67 years old. He's one of the oldest coaches in the NFL. So I think left, which is a good way to, to bridge that and to make them. I mean, I think Arians is a guy that players relate to really easily. Um, but left, which helps that. I mean, if you look at Jameis Winston, I mean, I think Winston was able to identify and, and relate to Byron left, which because left, which was a high draft pick and a, a bigger guy as a quarterback that dealt with interception issues. Um, didn't probably have the same success that Jameis Winston had. So, no, I think it's a good combination of the two. Uh, the other guy they have in Tampa is Tom Moore, who's 81 years old. Oh, yeah. He was there with Peyton Manning for so many of his years in Indy. Um, and is someone that Jameis, you know, really liked having as another sounding board, another guy that's been through six decades of football and can help you. So, I think for Tom Brady, I mean, I'm intrigued. I don't know that I've really thought of him as being with a ton of great offensive mind. And he's played with Charlie Weiss. He's played for Josh McDaniels. Um, you know, he's had his share of Bill O'Brien for a few years. Um, good offensive quarterback coaches, if you will. But Bruce Arians has a reputation as kind of being the quarterback whisperer. I mean, we've usually seen that as him developing great quarterbacks early in their career. I mean, he had Peyton Manning at the start of his career, had Ben Roethlisberger at the start of his career, had Andrew Luck at the start of his career. So this is probably closer to what he had with Carson Palmer in yeah. terms of taking a, a veteran quarterback. And obviously Tom Brady is in a, in a class of his own. You don't confuse Tom Brady with anyone. But he was able to get more out of Carson Palmer, getting him at whatever he was, age 32, age 33, uh, still a decade younger. Because he was Tom that Brady. young. <laughs> yeah, that's not young, but it's young. And, and he was able to get you know, the best years of Carson Palmer's career at a time where two other franchises had kind of moved on from him. So I don't think he's ever had a quarterback um, like Tom Brady. I mean, there's who is, really. But I mean, in terms of having a veteran you're taking somebody who's a 98 and you're trying to make him a 99, you know, as opposed to what he's had with Winston or what he's had with other quarterbacks when they have the clearly the signs of greatness. But I mean, he's getting Andrew Luck as a rookie. He's getting Peyton Manning in the first three years of his career. Um, this is the opposite. This is making the most of someone in their twilight and making sure they don't drop off as much as someone can. You know, the idea of a 43-year-old starting the NFL is completely new. There's only three quarterbacks that have even started a game at age 43. And only one of them has won such a game, and only one of them has thrown a touchdown in such a game, and that's Vinny Testaverde. So it's just a real limited uh, set of precedent to, to try and say, oh, you're 43, go out there and play a full season and a quarterback. But again, I mean, Tom Brady had better season than you ever had from a 42-year-old, so it's hard to write anything off. 
So you you mentioned Mike Evans and Chris Godwin a little bit earlier. What is this team going to look like around um, around Tom Brady? What are they doing defensively in terms of keeping some of their core players together? And what else do you think they still need to do to make this not just kind of a splashy offseason move, but to become a team that can actually compete, you know, to win the NFC South and, you know, maybe make an actual run in the NFC? Yeah, I think the main thing right now you'd say is to try and upgrade your run game. And I don't know if that's free agency or the draft. Um, they haven't had a good running game the last three years with, with Jameis Winston. And as a result of that, I think he's probably had to do a little bit too much trying to win games, trying to throw a lot more than you want a quarterback to. Um, I think they like Ronald Jones as a running back, but I think they'd much rather pair him with a better running back. Um, the other guy that uses your Peyton Barber is your free agent. I don't think he'll be back. Um, so I think they could upgrade their offensive line, and they might do that uh, with, with their first-round pick, with the number 14 pick, to bring in a rookie uh, that they would start in there. Uh, but that's where I think, so. I mean, you mentioned the defense, and I mean, their first priority in, in free agency was was keeping their best defensive players, was putting a franchise tag on on Shaq Barrett, was giving Jason Pierre-Paul a two-year deal for $25 million to keep him there. That gets their best two pass rushers back. Um, I think Bruce Arians felt like the priority was keeping that front seven as close to intact as possible. Um, they lost a depth piece today, and that Carl Nassib went and signed with the Raiders. I think that was kind of the loss they were conceding just as somebody they couldn't afford on the open market. Uh, but no, I think they feel much better about their defense and the way it was in the second half of 2019. And if what Tom Brady does is take away half of the interceptions, maybe two-thirds of the interceptions, you know, they had a great offense, but they had a great offense that the quarterback had 35 turnovers with. So if Brady just gets you down to 15, that's a huge step. And that's taking a big burden off the defense in terms of short fields and and points that are given up without the defense even being out there sometimes. Well, and one thing you also said really kind of early in this podcast was you said this is a franchise changing type of decision. So what is this going to mean to to the Bucks, to the direction of this organization, to the city of Tampa, I guess the whole kind of Tampa St. Pete area? You know, what what do you think this is going to mean to have Tom Brady coming to the Bucks? This is wild. It, it's like I said, it, it's the biggest change I can imagine for it is. In terms of having a superstar, I mean, Tampa Bay is known for having quarterbacks before their stars. They had Doug Williams before he won a Super Bowl. They had Steve Young before he went to the Niners and and had a Hall of Fame career there. Um, This is where stars are before their stars. So this is the first time they've actually had somebody with an insane Hall of Fame resume that can come in and finish his career and retire in Tampa. So I, I think it changes the national awareness of the Bucks immediately. This is a team that's had maybe one, maybe two primetime games. Most years I've been on the beat, and now I'm thinking it's going to be five or six, probably. I mean, there's, yep. I can count right now. Green Bay comes to Tampa, Rodgers and, and Brady, that's a primetime game. Pat Mahomes comes in this year, that's a primetime game. One of these Breeze Brady showdowns. I mean, Breeze and Brady playing twice, that's the top two quarterbacks in NFL history in touchdowns and yards. They both have 74,000 passing yards. Um, so I just think it elevates the the national interest level on this team in a way that nobody else could. Um, if you look at like social media, I mean, the Bucks have the second fewest Twitter followers of any team account, like 800,000. Um, the Patriots have the most at, at like 4.6 million, literally five times as many followers. Um, Brady has almost a million by himself. You look at attendance and I mean, the Bucks have dropped in attendance each of the last four years. They ranked 30th in the league. Um, I think Cincinnati and maybe the Chargers were the only teams that were worse in attendance. And now they could very well sell out every game. And that puts them, suddenly I think that puts them like 
19th in the league in attendance ahead of New, uh, New England. So this very much, I mean, trust me, it's an expensive signing. It's a risky signing for somebody his age. Uh, but this is going to put them on the map in a big way. I, I mentioned jerseys. I mean, Tom Brady playing with the exact same team in the exact same jersey he's worn for 20 years was the number one selling jersey in the NFL last year. So Tampa Bay was already excited about rolling out new uniforms here in the next month. I can't even imagine how many Brady jerseys are going to be all over Tampa and all over St. Pete here uh, just getting ready for the season ahead. Yeah, they should probably accelerate that jersey rollout. So, oh, like I said, yeah, if, if Brady, if let's, let's just do that this week. That, yeah, yeah, he's not wearing it when they introduce. They messed that one up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us right now. I know you have a ton of reporting and writing to do as um, as this story really develops and as we kind of figure out what this means for the rest of the NFL. But you can uh, follow the NFL Power Rankings feed for updated breaking news podcasts uh, throughout the rest of free agency. Thank you, guys. Hey, thanks again for having me.